Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the rock-bound coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about spruce tree tips and herbs to help our skin deal with the summer sun. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I have learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. This evening I was watching the moon rise and it is a super full moon and we just had a lunar eclipse which I believe happened um, this morning perhaps or late late last night early this morning and that is basically a lunar eclipse is when the earth blocks the sunlight from hitting the moon. And around the time of the lunar eclipse, the sunlight can shine through the Earth's atmosphere and hit the moon, making it look red or pink or orange, depending on how much pollution or dust is in the atmosphere and in the air of where you are located. So this evening, even though the eclipse has passed, the rising super full moon was beautiful, spectacularly uh, orange, rosy pink. The super moons um, make for stronger tides, and it is when the moon is closer than usual to the earth. And I believe there are three supermoons in 2021. One was in April. And then the closest supermoon was, is tonight, uh, May 25th, 26th, right around then. And then uh, June is also going to be a supermoon. So keep your eyes on the full moon. The May moon is full moon is associated with blooming and flowers and milking of animals and all things that are early summer events. 
Another thing that is an early summer event are the evergreen trees, which we are surrounded by here on the coast of Maine. The spruce trees and the fir trees are all growing, growing quickly, and they grow from the tips of the branches. And you can uh, you can almost watch them grow. They grow so quickly. But the tips are very tender in this time of year as they are just starting to grow and expand. They are tender and full of the volatile oils that give that classic uh, Christmas tree smell, that fir balsam smell, or even the spruce tree smell. The tips are nice and tender so you can easily taste them whereas when they get older they get harder and sharper and tougher. A lot of things that you can do to enjoy the tips and I really don't think you have to worry about um, it, it being hard to sustainably harvest the tips because the evergreen trees are so abundant and are so large and really a little goes a long way because they are very strong tasting because they have so much volatile oil in them. And the volatile oil is essentially the aromatic constituents, the constituents that volatize or evaporate into the air and that's how we can smell them. And these volatile oils, as with any plant that has a strong scent to it, are beneficial for the plant itself. It's its own immune response defense. It protects the plant from being eaten by deer. It protects the plant from being eaten by bugs. It protects the plant by being um, eaten by bacteria and viruses even. These volatile constituents, these oils are very antimicrobial and even, um, you know, pest preventive. They also tend to potentially, some volatile oils will even protect plants from UV damage and UV light. So there are lots of fun things that you can do with these fresh green spruce or fir tips. The difference between the spruce trees and the fir trees is relatively minor when it comes to medicinal properties or even the scent or flavor. The fir, the balsam fir needles are flat, so you can think of like flat fir. So they're flatter and you can also think of friendly fir because they are softer to the touch. The spruce needles are rounder, spikier, so you can think of spiky spruce, um, and they, they kind of hurt when you handle them. And so the spruce is maybe not as friendly as the fur. I personally like the scent of fur better than spruce in general, and I think that Christmas trees are usually fur versus spruce because they smell better and they don't drop their needles as quickly as the spruce does. They don't dry out as quickly. So there are lots of recipes that you could find online. The fun ones are shortbread recipes where you kind of grind up 
some fresh fur tips or spruce tips, some fresh evergreen tips and put them in like shortbread cookies, which would be quite delicious. Um, I have made a fur tip pesto before, which I basically just took the green tips and put them in a food processor with your typical pesto ingredients. So olive oil, Parmesan, toasted walnut. I usually use walnuts because they're less expensive than pine nuts and easier to get at the local grocery store. It was good. It was just very intense. It's not something that you would slather on your pasta. It's something that would was a fun addition to like a cheese board where you could have some fun cheese flavors and then a little spruce pesto dip or fur pesto dip kind of thing that you could spread on maybe have some olives on there and some fun dried meats also um, you can take those evergreen tips and infuse them in vinegar and then use that vinegar for salad dressings or seasoning food and that's gonna help to extract um any, any vitamins or minerals that are in those tips. Mostly when we think of evergreen trees, we think of high in vitamin C. And again, you're going to get that even if you're just strolling through the woods and just nibbling on the tips, the fresh tips of the evergreen trees. So that's a fun thing to do. An oxymel is probably one of my favorite things to do with the tips of the evergreens. So I'll harvest evergreens and I'll chop them up at just the tips and fill a jar with the tips and then uh, fill the jar three quarters full of apple cider vinegar and one quarter full of honey or like top it off with honey and then stir it around or just kind of let it sit and it will all meld together in time. And then you will have a lovely tasting spruce tip or fur tip oxymel that you can add to cocktails, mocktails, take it like a syrup by the spoonful. And this could be really helpful if you're fighting um, a lung infection specifically. So uh, you have the antimicrobial properties of the volatile oils from the tips. And then the honey is also antimicrobial and very soothing and healing um, to the lungs and to coughs. And vinegar also has an affinity with the lungs and helps to open the breathing. So that can be a fun lung remedy to have on hand that you can make now. And then it will, it's preserved so you can, you know, let it steep for four or macerate for four weeks or six weeks and then strain it out and use it like you would, you know, a, a vinegar shrub. You could just add a little bit to water to drink or again, take it by the spoonful when you um, feel a cough coming on or feel an infection in the lungs coming on. You could also make a spruce tip or fur tip syrup. Uh, which is basically make a strong tea with the tips, you know, infusing them in hot water and then straining that out once you have like a really nice strong flavored tea and adding 
as much sugar or honey as there is water. So if you have a cup of the tea, then you can add a cup of honey and it's going to be super sweet. Sometimes I like to add a little bit less, but the more sweetener you add, the more shelf stable your syrup will be, even though we generally recommend that you, you know, store your syrups in the fridge anyway. Um, or you can add some vod, you know, alcohol to your syrup to help preserve it. You just need to have at least 25% alcohol content to have a shelf stable outside of the fridge remedy. You could, instead of adding um, alcohol to your syrup, you could just straight up make a tincture with your spruce tips or fir tips. And that is best done with 100 proof vodka, which is 50% alcohol because uh, proof is for whatever reason, I don't know, but they, whatever your proof is, is twice as much uh, the percentage of alcohol that you have. So 100 proof vodka is 50% water and 50% alcohol. And you can, um, again, chop up your herb, put it in the jar, cover it with alcohol. So you want to pick a jar that fits the amount of spruce tips to fill it. So you don't want a lot of headspace or airspace in your jar. You basically want to lightly pack full your jar of chopped fresh spruce or fir tips and then cover them so that there's a little extra uh, 100 proof vodka covering the tips. Put a lid on the jar and let it macerate for at least four weeks maybe six weeks is the standard. But again, if you don't get to it and a year later you find your jar with still the spruce tips in it and the vodka, you're like, oh my gosh, it's been sitting here for that long. Is it still good? Yes, it is totally fine. You can strain it out then if you so desire. You could also, instead of just making a straight tincture, you could make a spruce tip or a fur tip elixir which in my mind, an elixir is a sweetened tincture. So you would make your tincture, but you would also add some honey in with it. And that could be delicious and beneficial if you are fighting uh, a lung infection as well. And the, the evergreen tip tincture probably really can be used in low doses because again, these volatile oils are very strong in their action and it doesn't take a lot uh, to have an effect. One of my favorite things to do with the balsam fir um, is the balsam fir tips is to infuse it in uh, olive oil or another type of oil that you would like to use as a body oil. Sometimes olive oil is a little thick for, for folks to really want to rub into their skin. So if you like a lighter oil, uh, and a nice almond oil could be an alternative. And same way you make the tincture, but make it with oil. So the fresh tips chopped up, put in a jar, covered with oil, and then let it sit. I don't like to let it sit in the sun because I think sun um, degrades 
most things over time, but definitely uh, plant material that is no longer alive. And so I like to keep it out of the sun and covered and then um, strain it after four weeks and you have a delicious smelling olive oil that you can use as a body oil. Uh, For me, I personally like to mix it in with uh, plantain infused oil. So the plantain leaf, every year I make a plantain infused oil because they, it's so beneficial for itchy, rashy, mosquito bitten skin. And, but it really doesn't smell very good. It's just the plantain infused oil, not something that you really want to spread all over your body because it just doesn't smell good. But if you add a little bit of this balsam fir oil to it, it smells delicious. And then you can make a salve with that by adding uh, beeswax to it and melting it together in a pot on a double boiler. Again, lots of information on how to do that online. You can easily find how to make a salve with herb-infused oil and beeswax. Now is a great time to work with evergreen tips, spruce and fir specifically, and see what fun remedies you want to play around with and practice working with in your Um, home apothecary and in your kitchen. Up next, I want to talk about taking care of our skin through the summer and the all the sun exposure. Stick with me. we approach summer solstice, the sun is approaching its height in the sky, the apex. I can feel it when I'm working outside. That sun is so intense now. I remember when I was in my 20s, it seemed like I would never have to worry about wrinkles or sun damage and I'd just be working outside and or hanging out on the beach and just letting the sun have its way with my skin and not really thinking or being concerned about it at all. Now that I'm in my 40s, I have a little bit of a different take on things, uh, my skin specifically. Uh, My skin is very pale to pinkish in colored and very freckled. I have had some very bad sunburns in my past Um, in my teens, especially, and also in my 20s. And now that I am well into my 40s, I realize, you know, skin ages, and it's nice to have some tricks up your sleeve to help nourish skin and protect it from the everyday uh, oxidative damage and UV damage and just general assaults of aging on the skin. There are lots of different oils and fats that you can put on your skin to help it stay nourished and plump. 
So with the summer sun intensity, what are some things that we can do to help nourish and protect our skin? Well, there's lots of things and you may find one or two of these things um, that you vibe with. Number one is wear a hat, protect your skin from the sun in general. And wear long sleeved, light colored clothing, wear clothing that will cover your chest, um, which is very thin and delicate skin. And then I usually use uh, plain olive oil to infuse my herbs that I harvest and to make body oils, moisturizing body oils with. But you can use whatever oil if you like a thinner almond oil or jojoba oil, which is J-O-J-O-B-A, jojoba. And that oil is supposedly actually more of a wax that, and it's supposed to be the most similar to our own body's um, oils or waxy oils, sebum. It's supposed to be the most similar to our own body's sebum. And so that can be really beneficial. Of course, animal fats are going to be even closer <laughs> to our own body's fats and oils because we are anim animals. But for me, I one of my favorite infused olive oils is a hypericum infused olive oil, especially for hot sunny days or to help recover from hot sunny days. Hypericum, otherwise known as St. John's wort or St. Joan's wort, is a plant that blooms right around summer solstice. It's actually from us up here on the coast of Maine, it blooms a little bit, a couple weeks maybe after summer solstice, more into July, but definitely in the heat of the summer. And it has these beautiful yellow flowers and small leaves. And Hypericum is a large genus with lots of different species. And the main species, the predominant species that is used medicinally is Hypericum perforatum. And the perforatum is, describes the leaf, has little, it looks like little, they look like pinholes in the leaf if you hold it up to the sun. However, they're actually little oil glands. And this plant, both in the flower and in the leaf, more so in the flower, it has contains this red oil. And so when you infuse it in olive oil or even infuse it in alcohol, this um, red hypericin is extracted and that is very protective for our skin. It will actually help to protect our skin from getting sunburned, as well as um, helps to heal skin that has been burned. And even skin that has been burned with uh, radiation from like say um, cancer therapy, it's very uh, soothing and healing to to all kinds of skin traumas, but especially burns. Now, the, iron the irony here is that hypericum also tends to have 
a reputation as causing photosensitivity, which basically means you get really easily sunburned in a really short time if you're exposed to the sun. And this is when the herb is ingested dry and mostly in capsules or as a standardized extract where the main constituent is concentrated in it. Um, it was actually, it's, I, I'll have to do a, a podcast just on Hypericum alone because I could talk about this plant for a long time. Fascinatingly, though, it's very antiviral. Drug trials were being done with uh, extract from the Hypericum plant to uh, counter HIV. And they had to stop the clinical trials because once they, I mean, once it, they started doing human trials, the photosensitivity of the drug became very dangerous where people couldn't even sit in a room with a sunny window without getting very, very burnt. And so unfortunately, they are, they stopped the drug and it's not available because of this. But if you ingest the hypericum in a fresh state, in a preparation that has been made from fresh plant material, so usually which is a tincture, although I have seen when I was working at the pharmacy, I saw that there was a company that made St. John's Wort oil that was encapsulated in a gel cap. And so that would be if another way of taking um, a fresh herbal preparation, however, of the St. John's wort. However, I, I prefer either tincture internally made from the fresh plant material or topically getting back to the original topic is um, olive oil that is infused with the hypericum. And this can actually be used as sunblock. And I didn't fully believe it, but when I first heard of this, I was actually going to Florida for a little winter trip with my mother and my aunt. And again, like I said, I'm super pale skinned. And so I need to wear sunblock, especially in the winter, if I'm going to a sunny, hot vacation land. And I decided to try the hypericum infused olive oil that I had made the previous summer. And I was using it and I wasn't getting sunburned and I was like, well, maybe this is working or maybe I'm just old enough and freckled enough now in my 30s. At that point, I was in my 30s and maybe I just am not getting sunburned because I'm aged enough and I'm just I just don't get sunburns anymore. So the last second to last day that we were on our vacation, I decided not to use the hypericum oil and instead I laid out under a beach umbrella although I wasn't really paying attention to the fact that it was not a UV protected beach umbrella so it was in the day I was in the shade I had the ocean breeze I did not realize that I was still being pelted with sunlight through this umbrella and I got so sunburned 
I'd been there the whole week. I'd been using the hypericum oil out, going for walks in the middle of the day on the beaches, no sunburns. My final day there, stopped using the oil, was in the shade of an umbrella, lying down and totally got sunburned. So that won me over. I was like, okay, this definitely is effective. And so from then on, that has been the sunblock that I use. The only problem is, is it's because it's oil, it's kind of messy. It's not really easy to just like take with you. It's not as easy to apply as a cream or a lotion is. And then especially since I'm a gardener and my hands are usually dirty and if I have to apply the oil in the middle of the day, I'm basically like rub rubbing the dirt that's on my hands and the oil, and it's just a mess. So that is my main um, issue with it. But otherwise, it works. It works great. And then if there are times where, like how I did get that sunburn because I wasn't using it as a sunblock, then you can apply it afterwards to help heal a sunburn. So that's very effective as well. So there are lots of other things that I like to have on hand to help um, soothe and heal and bring moisture to summer skin. Honey is really effective. You can rub um, honey on your skin, uh, do a honey mask. You can just like lightly blot honey on your face and just kind of let it absorb there and honey um, absorbs moisture so it can help to uh, take moisture my understanding is it can help take moisture from the air and help to bring it to your skin hydrophilic is honey rose water is another favorite it's a hydrosol of rose and it's probably the most easily accessible um, hydrosol that you could buy in most grocery stores, I think, because it is also used in cooking. Um, that is awesome just as a facial toner. It's very cooling. It's anti-inflammatory. Uh, it smells great and it feels wonderful on any sort of hot, burnt, irritated skin. Aloe gel is a classic and what I like to do is I like to take a um, aloe leaf from a house plant. Well, in Maine, they're house plants. Um, or if you live somewhere where aloe grows outside, then you probably don't have to do this. But I like to have one or two big aloe leaves that I just put in the freezer and I have them in there. And if I were to ever get a sunburn or red, irritated skin, then I can just take a piece of the frozen aloe gel leaf and apply it topically. And then that feels really good because it's cold, it's icy cold, and you still get the benefit of the aloe, which helps skin cells to heal and is pain relieving and is very soothing. You just have to apply it regular, like very frequently at first, like every 10 minutes, you know, you apply it, and then as soon as you start getting hot and sore again, reapply it. Witch Hazel, uh, again, that is a distilled product. I don't know if Witch Hazel, I've, this is something I've always wondered, if Witch Hazel is a hydrosol 
or if it's a different product from a distillation of witch hazel, but it uh, is often used as a toner. It's very astringent and cooling. Cucumber, again, the classic like cucumber over the eyes. But if a cucumber is all you have and you got a sunburn or your skin just feels like really um, sore and red, cucumber is very cooling. Um, It's also very astringent. So similar to the witch hazel, you could even put some cucumber in a blender and then just kind of spread that cucumber juice. You could even strain it just to get some of the liquid, or you could just slather mashed cucumber all over your your skin. Coconut oil, I love for uh, dry skin. I find it very moisturizing. I like the way it smells. Um, It's easy to apply and it does have some photo protective, some UV protective properties similar to olive oil. I was actually reading that sesame oil actually has more sun protective properties than either the olive oil or the coconut oil. So you could play around with that. I really like infusing coconut oil with either rose or lavender, and it really holds and absorbs the smell really well. So where I live, coconut oil is usually solid, but if I know that I want to make some infused coconut oil with like, say the lavender that is blooming, then I will leave my coconut oil in my hot car. You know, I'll put some in a jar and just like leave it in the hot car so that it liquefies. And then I'll chop up my lavender and then pour the liquid coconut oil on top of that. And then put the jar, with the coconut oil and the lavender covered in a brown paper bag and then put that in a warm sunny window also in a bowl so just just to keep it all (laughs) contained and to keep the oil contained from making a mess and that you know after four weeks you can strain it out If you have any water that has accumulated at the bottom of your coconut oil, you can put it in a cooler location so that the coconut oil solidifies again. And then you can spoon it off of any water that that has settled to the bottom. If you're using, you'll find that definitely more if you're using the fresh rose petals because there's a lot of water in that compared to the amount of water that's in lavender flowers. And then for really dry skin, actually, I find this really effective in the wintertime um, or for like dry or sunburned lips is shea butter, S-H-E-A, shea butter. I believe it's a, an African nut that the fat is extracted from. And that is um, a little bit thicker than coconut oil, but I find it to be super effective. It's actually my favorite um, oil and it it doesn't necessarily have the best smell to it, but it's very mild smelling and um, just very deeply penetrating and moisturizing. And I remember I was doing a workshop or an herbal spa day workshop one summer, and a woman that came uh, lived 
Mm, I wish I knew where, but somewhere in Africa. I know that doesn't really narrow it down. It's a pretty big continent. But she said that when the babies are born, where she was living, and when her child was born there, that it was custom to to massage uh, the whole baby with like a full-on shea butter oiling and massage. And that was like one of the first things that was done to really help build and support um, good health in a young newborn baby, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I tend to avoid chapstick, especially in the summer, because I find that <clears throat> the waxes that are put in chapstick, usually beeswax, if it's an all-natural chapstick, can be very drying. And that's like why, and that's why you can kind of become this like chapstick addict where you have to apply it over and over and over again, because it's it's actually drying out your lips more and more. So you have to put more chapstick on just to soothe them in the moment. And then they get drier as you go. So if you do find that you are have um, lips that are dry or sunburned or cracked, then I think just pl applying play, plain shea butter works really well. You could also try applying just straight honey and then you could lick it off when you're when you've had enough. <laughs> I also think it's really important to avoid applying essential oils topically, um, whether they are neat, which means undiluted, especially if they are neat, but also if they are, even if they're infused into body care products, if you find that you use a lot of store-bought body products, especially if they're store-bought from a health food store or natural pharmacy, Look at your ingredients and see how many things that you put on your body contain essential oils and consider cutting that back and seeing if that affects the health of your skin and the health of your immune system as well. Because I think that essential oils are quite caustic and really do deplete our immune health. And I'll have to get into that on a future podcast as well. But for now, I think I have talked enough. And if you're interested in learning more about home herbalism, backyard foraging, um, and roses specifically, which will be our topic for June, then check out my Patreon membership classroom. <clears throat> you can find it um, on patreon.com backslash Solidago Herb School. And there are membership tiers that you can join at different levels for different benefits, or you can just go and you can access all of the podcasts and podcast notes for free if you would like on that site. And you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook. Check out my website, Solidago Herb School. And stay in touch. Get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think or what you'd like me to talk about on this podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well. 
let intuition guide you, and most importantly, have fun with herbs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.